0: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode on Here Comes the Sun Podcast. Today, I have a very, very special guest with me. I have Cristina, who is the creator of Latinas with Masters. So I'm so excited to welcome you to the podcast. Um, I know that I've been following you on all your different social media platforms and sharing just different stories. So I'm super, super happy to have you here.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah. So to get started, Grisina, tell us a little bit about your background. Tell us a little bit about your upbringing because I usually like to ask this question because everybody has a different upbringing, but at the same time, you know, a lot of people can relate. So tell us a little bit about your background.
1: Absolutely. Uh, so I am first generation Latina. I was born raised in San Francisco and my parents immigrated here from Nicaragua in the late seventies, um, early eighties. And I grew up in San Francisco. And there was a point in time where my parents were divorced, and so I did live in separate households uh, with my siblings. And when I was about in fifth grade, um, at the end of fifth grade, I actually moved to Cupertino, which is in the South Bay. And so I, you know, being born, you know, since I was born up until fifth grade, I was uh, in San Francisco, and then I moved to uh, the South Bay. And so I ended up going to middle school and high school there. And then I graduated, uh, I moved again and I moved to Mountain View and um, I finished my high school in Mountain View, California. So it's interesting the way that I, it's interesting to see my childhood experience because, you know, being born and raised in San Francisco, I have a lot of pride, you know, being from the Bay Area. And then I moved to Cupertino, which I had no idea where that was. So think about the Apple campus. I went to school right behind Apple and then I moved to Mountain View, which is, Google Capital, right? And being a Latina and being in those spaces, I didn't belong in those spaces. My friends, you know, had their parents that were engineers and software engineers, and they worked at Google and, and Apple and all of these places. And then here I am. Hi, my mom's a housekeeper and my dad's the maintenance supervisor at the apartments, you know? And so, and not that I was ashamed, but I knew I was different. I knew that I didn't fit into this mold uh, um, as to, you know, my colleagues as far as it's like, how they, how they were growing up, you know, it's very different than mine for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, that really shapes you to, to like, you know, you're proud where you come from, like, you're never gonna deny where where you come from or anything like that. Like, you know, how you said your mom was a a house cleaner, but that doesn't necessarily mean that, that she's just that, you know, like your mother provided so much more, but I guess like fitting in, like being in this you can say like that's the tech the little tech world where like the Googles, the apples the facebook's they're all there so just being in those space at such a young age and like you know like you know your friends telling you you know that you're going to school like oh yeah my dad's an engineer and you're like what what is an engineer Mm -hmm. what does he do so just trying to I guess like navigate that that can be difficult was there a point in time you know that when you were in middle school high school that you were like that you ever had like you felt like lost and not knowing like what am I supposed to do like you know I see all my friends doing all these things or like with their parents there's activities was there any moment where you're like I don't know what to do or like felt lost or you were like oh you were you okay with it you know going through through that
1: Yeah, I felt like middle school, I enjoyed my middle school. There was definitely more diversity in my middle school. But once I went into high school, that's when I was like, okay, so there's not too many people that look like me and all of my friends, you know, once you go into high school, you transition to different high schools. And so not all of them from middle school went to the same high school as me, which is Cupertino High School. And so Anytime I would see like a Latina or a Latino or a Black student or a Filipino, I'd be like, hey, what's up, girl? Because I knew that. Yeah, you want to (laughs) connect. We need to be together, you know? And um, at the time, my friends were so cool because, you know, I actually had to pretty much show my friends, like, I'm not Mexican, I'm not Puerto Rican. There are other Spanish countries, you know, in Latin America. And so. I brought it down to, I was like, this is Nicaragua. It is the biggest country in Central America. We speak Spanish. You know, like, it's almost like I was schooling it. So when I went into high school and they met someone else that was nicaragüense, they were like, oh, do you know Christina? She's Nicaragüense too, or she's Nicaraguan, or she's where you're from, you know? And so I was, I'm glad that my friends were able to accept me in that way. Um, But it was few, far in between. There wasn't too many of us, Right. Um, of Latinos that went to Cupertino High School, and if they did, they went through a different program, or they went into um, it, it was just different. It was like this perception of Latinos is very different in Silicon Valley versus it
0: being normal in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I think like. Educating, educating your friends like I'm Nicaraguan, I'm not Mexican because Mm -hmm. usually people think like, oh, you know, like you're from Mexico. Like, like, no, like, no, it's just like educating and and schooling. And I think, you know, experiencing that at a very, you know, during middle school, during high school, just getting that exposure of like, you know, not a lot of people look like me. Not a lot of people um, are like me and I have to sometimes educate them or people like I have to represent who I am in order for other people to speak up and, and, and come to me just so that we can all connect and build the community. So, um, I know that that I'm assuming those, like, you know, those skills and, and just being able to connect, were able to help you when you went to San Francisco state. So tell us a little bit about, you know, navigating, um, going to San Francisco state, but also like your educational journey. Did you have any challenges or anything that you're like, damn, I wish I didn't, I knew that then so that I didn't make those mistakes or anything like that.
1: Yeah, so after I left Cupertino High School, I transferred over to Mountain View, and I actually got sent to a continuation school, and so I did not graduate in a traditional high school setting. The only reason why I got sent to a continuation school was because they said I was short 10 credits, and I came from a school district that to graduate was 210 credits, and in the Los Altos School District was 220. So they were saying, we're going to send you to a continuation school until you make up those credits, and then you can come to high school. But I was advancing and excelling in in those spaces, and I felt very welcome. That I ended up graduating early um, from high school. I am the class of two thousand and three uh, two thousand and three, but technically I graduated December two thousand and two. And so I was actually awarded five thousand dollars of scholarships. I I really I felt the difference of going to Cupertino High School and the teachers checking boxes and not really you know, being a mentor versus me going to a continuation school and saying, this doesn't define you. Like you can still go to college. You can't go to a four year because, you know, you we don't, you don't meet the eligibility, but you can definitely go to community college. And so apply for these scholarships so you can go there. And so I was surprised that I got accepted. I mean, I, I applied to all the scholarships and, and I got awarded them. And so I started at Foothill College in Los Altos and, I honestly wanted to quit. I, I was failing my classes. I felt like I didn't belong there. And I, when I went to a counselor to try to withdraw, she's like, no, 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 you need to get into Puente. Have you heard of Puente, the Puente program? And so I gave it a try and I fell in love with it. And they were very, you know, motivate, motivating the students and, you know, mentoring us. And I moved in with my boyfriend, who's now my husband um, at the time. And I moved back towards San Francisco. And I, I took a gap year because, You know, I'm now living on my own. I have a car payment. I have a mortgage. I have a a rent. And I said, you know what? I want to make more money. And so I was working at Wells Fargo. I was making, you know, 20 an hour, almost 20 an hour. And I was like, why am I going to go to school when I'm already making the amount that I want to when I graduate? Right. And so I applied for this department. I, I applied for the fraud department because at the time my major was criminal justice. And they denied me and they said, Even though you worked with us, even though we know that, you know, our products and services, the minimal, minimum is for you to have a bachelor's degree. And I didn't get it. I was like, what do you mean? But I mean, you can't bypass that. I mean, come on. Like, I know I'm, I'm a valuable person. I'm a valuable employee. And it said, no, that's the minimum. And so that was the last time um, I told myself that is the last time I get denied a job because I don't have a degree. And so I went back to school. I actually transferred all my credits to City College of San Francisco. And I hustled. I was like, I'm going to be here for like a year and a half, two years max. I'm going to get all my stuff and I'm going to transfer to SF State. And that's exactly what I did. I mean, I became obsessed with my transcript, you know, like I was constantly talking to teachers and counselors and, hey, how do I need to do what I need to do? Because it was all new waters for me. You know, I, I couldn't go to my parents. I couldn't go to anyone else to say hey, are, are these the right classes or do you think I can transfer now? I had to really rely on community college and their system, you know, for me to transfer. And so once I transferred to SF State, I mean, oh my God, I felt like it was a dream. I was like, finally, it took me this long to, grow, you know, to transfer over. And I felt the difference, you know, community college and a four-year university, the vibe is different, students are different, the curriculum is different, right? But I'm very appreciative of community college, you know, that is the foundation of where my you know, academic journey started. And, you know, community college sometimes doesn't get all the credit that they deserve. But I honestly, I honestly love all the community colleges I attended to, you know, um, for one way, for one reason to another, you know, there were definitely life experiences. And, um, but San Francisco State was very good to me. I loved my undergrad. I'm still friends with a lot of people that I went to school there. And even when I reached back to the community at San Francisco State, they're very welcoming. And, you know, just, I just loved every, every aspect of it.
0: Yeah. And I think, um, I'll I'll put this out there, like in, in the world of like social media, we think like, Oh, look, I'm Christina just, you know, navigating this higher education institution. Like she didn't seem like she had all these challenges, but it's when you start like opening these dialogues that you really see of like, um, the struggles, see the struggles of what, um, it took you to be the place where you're at now. So I really appreciate, you know, you sharing that. And I think another thing that I, that really resonated with me was the point where you're like, I got a job. I got a job that was paying me enough, enough that you know that I didn't need a college degree I didn't need that Mm -hmm. but then I came to a moment where I couldn't you know you couldn't move on or you couldn't grow because you didn't have that document so you know that that really pushed you and I'm not saying you know like school is for everybody you know like Mm -hmm. that's not necessarily true but it's until you probably hit these roadblocks where you're like no like I am capable like that bachelor's degree is 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 like I can accomplish that but I just didn't you probably just didn't have the mentoring guidance because that's what higher education is like Mm -hmm. I know a lot of friends that you know that they didn't continue school because they didn't even know what was you know what was the first step or or sometimes it's like they didn't maybe have the drive or you're like I'm not I'm just not going to make it you know that 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 negativity but I really really Appreciate, you know, you sharing and being super real about how, you know, you were like, I was making money. I didn't want to go back to school. I I, I I thought I was gonna make it and then, you know, like you know, that car payment that you said, or, you know, that the rent, like all these bigger responsibilities that you're like, I como lo voy a said, you know, like mm-hmm. so you're like, I have to, I have to, you know, take take that gap here. So um, is there any tips, you know, that for somebody that is starting at community college, um, and that they are like, you know. They're like I like sometimes you know like community colleges are looked down upon, but sometimes that's where people really start to figure out like independence. They start to figure out what works for them, and just any tips that you would give your younger self when you were in community college. Um, it can be in the beginning, or you can be out when you were about to you know transfer to to San Francisco State.
1: I would honestly say definitely use the resources that are available on campus. I felt ashamed of asking for help because. in my mind, it was like, I can do it. You know, I don't want someone to say, oh, well, of course she needs help because she's Latina. Of course she needs help because she's first generation. Of course, you know, of course. Right. So I always wanted to avoid those conversations of, of course, you know, I always wanted to hear, well, she did it anyways, or she did it, you know? And so that was the results that I was thriving for. So definitely take advantage of all the resources on campus. And I feel that, When we're in in, an undergrad, we look for mentors as in like, oh, what classes can, can I take? What teacher would you recommend? Which is what I did exactly. But I didn't really look for a mentor for the job that I wanted to have, you know? And so those are the mentorships that I would recommend to look for when you're in community college, you know, and have different type of mentors, you know, here's a mentor that's going to help me through college. Here's a mentor that's going to help me through my career. Here's a mentor that's going to help me as a mom navigating academia. There's different mentors. There's not a one all fits all mentor, but I definitely recommend for you to identify who those people are and keep in contact with them and continue to update them of your journey and, and listen to the advice that they have. Cause I honestly love listening to advice still to this day from the generations that are older than me, because they've been through it already. Right. You know, I'm now a new homeowner. Now I'm hearing that advice. Now I have a mentor of people who are homeowners now. Right. And so again, it's just, you're always learning, you know, and I just recommend to definitely use all those resources on campus.
0: Yeah. And it's, and it's funny because every stage in our lives, like we do need those mentors. There's already people that have gone through that process, but oftentimes we're like, I like, we'll figure it out. Like we don't, mm-hmm. we don't want to be seen as, as, as weak. We don't want to be seen as like, Oh, they don't know anything. Like they just, they're doing it because they're doing it. No, like, you know, if people genuinely like you reach out to people, they're, they're more likely to help you because they're like, you know, maybe they felt, they were moving your shoes like one time and and just being able to, you reach out and stuff like that. Well, um, so then you graduated from San Francisco state. And then um, what was your after? What were you like, what am I going to do? Was there any time where you hit, you know, a point that, you know, you're graduating, you're like, what am I going to do? The big question after that graduation, did you ever hit a moment like that?
1: I did. So, when I was, um, when I transferred to community college, uh, to city college and San Francisco state, I was actually working in housing. So I was, um, you know, I was still making a little bit more money than the retail jobs, of course. Right. And so, um, when I graduated from San Francisco state, I was already planning a wedding, um, with my husband who we've been together for 11 years now at that time. And, and so, you know, I just said, okay, after I graduate, um, you know, from San Francisco State, I'm gonna get married the following month, and then we're gonna start a family. And so I, I actually ended up getting pregnant, or I found out I was pregnant the day before I walked on stage at San Francisco State. So during my wedding, I was already about two months pregnant. And so I said, you know, I'm gonna just take a break, I'm going to, you know, raise my family. And the company who I was with at the time was like, Oh, you just got your bachelor's degree, great, we're gonna promote you to property manager now. And so I saw the benefits right away of getting that degree, you know, and I didn't, and I, and it happened so effortlessly. Like I didn't apply for it. I didn't, I knew I wanted to be a manager, but you know um, it, it it's nice when a company recognizes, right. Your accomplishments. And so I became a property manager and I was just raising my kid, my, my daughter and, you know, living the newlywed life. And I knew I wanted to get my master's in a way, but I, it's like, I didn't know. And I did know if that makes sense. Like I knew there was a master's degree. I didn't know how to get there. I didn't know if it's harder, but it wasn't also on my mind. Like I have to go get a master's right now. And so that literally fell on my lap when I was managing an apartment in San Mateo. And I met this resident who was a professor at Kenyatta College. And she was, you know, referring me to Kenyatta College and, and to do speaking engagements there as a first generation Latina graduating college. And so I did those. And then she just said, why don't you just get a master's degree? And I was just like, well, what do I need to do? And so she referred me to Notre Dame, Dinamir University, which is in Belmont, California, which is where she went. And she goes, check the school out. I really think that you should get your master's degree. And so I said, all right, well, yeah, I mean, I, I since I graduated in Latino studies, I said, yeah, I can do ethnic studies or maybe advance in Latino studies. And she's like, no, 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 no. You need to get your uh, degree in business. And I was like, business? Why business? I don't even do business. And she goes, you, right now, you're a business manager. You manage people, you manage a budget, you do capital projects, you do customer service, you do sales, you do marketing. That's all under the umbrella of business. And then I thought, wow, employers make it Make it real easy to make employees feel like an employee. I never thought that I was a businesswoman. I just thought, oh, I'm a property manager. I'm helping the landlord manage his assets. And she's like, no, no, no. You manage a multi million dollar asset. Like, they, it, you know, if you weren't a businesswoman, they wouldn't put you in the position that you're in now. And I said, you know what? That's crazy. How I honestly did not consider myself a businesswoman. And so, um, I did apply to Notre Dame, and I looked at other. Colleges, but to tell you that I really looked and I was really focusing, I did not. I think I took a glance at SS State and I was like, oh, they require the GRE. I'm not taking another test. I'm not taking a test because I never took any test to get into any college. Right. And so I didn't believe in it. I didn't want to go through, through that route. And so I was very grateful that Notre Dame waives the GMAT and the GRE if you have work experience. And so all that work experience that I had under my belt pretty much replaced the requirement for me to take the GMAT to get into business school. So I was very grateful for that. And so, and, and I applied and I got accepted. I mean, it was literally just like that. Like I applied to the one school and you got it and you got, you know, um, admitted. And so that was an interesting uh, experience that I had, because I honestly didn't think that I was going to go to school so quickly after I, I, you know, I got married and graduated.
0: Yeah, you, you hit all the life points, like, you know, that people are like, oh, take time, you know, first have, your ki- you know, married and then kids, mm-hmm. the typical, right? But uh, you did everything right away, everything and just like figuring out, you just sharing that story and saying like, it doesn't have to be a certain way. Like, you know, there's certain things that work out for me, mm-hmm. there's certain things that work out for me. But I, I really want to touch back on the, I guess, the realization point where, you know, somebody else told you, like, look, Christina, you are a businesswoman, mm-hmm. you are handling this 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 company you know and sometimes we're just so immersed in our work and what we do and what we are that you that you don't sometimes you don't you don't see the big picture you don't see you don't see what's what your actually role is and you don't start like you know other people once you start talking to other people and they like oh so i do x x x y and z and then they're like oh you're this instead of this you start mm-hmm. you you start to see yourself as uh bigger roles you can say but for you um how did you get i'm kind of interested to know a little bit about how you got into like the housing component and property management because as somebody that you know that believes that you know home ownership is is building generational wealth is is Mm -hmm. being able to have you know power because it's just that's, you know, one of my core values is saying, you know, we need to learn how how, you know, communities of color need to start, you know, um, purchasing homes or purchasing, you know, building that generational wealth. So how did you kind of got into that?
1: So, you know, after I left Wells Fargo, I was working for at and have definitely had all these retail jobs that, to get me through college. And my dad was, you know, being a maintenance supervisor in property management already. He was like, why don't you apply to, you know, property management? And of course, you never want to listen to your parents, right? And I'm like, no, I don't want to. I'm not going to do it because he told me to do it, you know. But I did it anyways. And I'm so grateful that my dad gave me that push to get into property management because it opened up so many doors. And when I was working um, in property management, I was going to SF State. I was going both to City College and SF State. But I was like, what am I doing in housing? You know, I'm not even getting my major in that. And my, my, one of my coworkers, um, she was just like, but your majors in Latino studies and you manage people's homes and there's a lot of Latinos who you manage. And so you need to understand like their journey and their path. And, you know, they have somebody that looks like them come into the office and help them. And I'm like, you know what? I didn't even think of that. And so again, it's all about mindset. I was changing my mindset. And so when I graduated from SF State, I, I, when I said I was going to, you know, start my family I said, okay. I'm going to look for jobs. I'm going to look for internships. I mean, not internships, a nonprofit work because I wanted to do immigration. And But here is housing opening all these doors for me like, oh, here's another property. Oh, can you go to this other property and train this manager? Can you do this? Can you show them how you do your marketing? So there were certain things that were being thrown at me as the expert, and I was completely blindsided by them. I wasn't really acknowledging them as like you said, as, as a role that I was taking, I just thought, Oh, I'm just doing my job. Sure. My job's sending me over here. Let me do it. You know? And so, um, I got another opportunity to work in San Francisco and that was to work in rent control and conventional apartments, market rate apartments. And I wanted that experience because rent control is a whole nother beast. Um, and so I, it, I I, was thinking like, okay, if this job gave me training, I know for sure they're going to give me training, right? So I got hands-on training with how San Francisco, you know, manages apartments, which is very different than anywhere else, right? But it wasn't until that particular job was like, I don't care if you're getting your master's degree, you're still a manager here and you need to be here until six o'clock. Or if there's an emergency, you need to come back. And so they didn't value me as... You know, a Latina continue her education, you know, getting an MBA and investing that back into their company, you know. And so um, I decided to look for another job. And thankfully, I got a job in marketing, which is what I do now. Um, but now I'm on the back end, now I work at a corporate office. And I'm the only Latina in the corporate office. Right. Um, But they valued me being a student at Notre Dame. You know, the CFO also went to State, and she also went to Notre Dame. And so they were like, oh, you're like mini Claudia. She went to those two schools and she's been here for 30 plus years. And so it's almost like they saw me through her. Right. But see me as the individual, as Christina Rodriguez. Right it's just interesting. Like I go back and I think about it kind of like what you said, I didn't plan for all this. It just fell on my lap, you know? And within housing, I mean, I was very passionate about helping people when people would come and they're like, Hey, I can't pay my rent, but I don't want to get evicted. I was always, because I was in the housing industry, I was able to learn, uh, and take advantage of the resources that were available for the residents. So I would say, okay, take this letter, go to Catholic charities, go to Good Samaritan, let them know that you're, you've got a three day notice um, and they're going to help you with the rent. They're going to help you with to catch up. And long and behold, they would come back and be like, Hey, I got the check. Or they said, they're going to give you a call. Can you please apply it to my account? And so learning those tricks, because I work in housing, I was able to help the community. It's not something that we advertise all the time. Right. But knowing that there's organizations out there that help um, the community with housing I started connecting that together on my own, you know? And I felt like I was a very fair manager. At the end of the day, I did work for the landlord. I did work for the management company. They did sign my checks, right? But I also wanted to make sure that the residents knew what their rights were, you know? So I would tell them, go to the San Francisco Rent Board and take a look at this. You know, go to the consumeraffairs.gov and take a look at this. And I would educate them and let them know it's not me against you, you know? This is a policy and a law that I have to follow due to fair housing due to California, you know, rental rights. And once they knew that it wasn't me, that it's a law, then they're like, okay. And so now that barrier went down and now it wasn't Christina against the resident. Now it was just, okay, this is a California law and she's just doing her job, you know? So the moment that I was able to communicate that to the residents I felt like my job was a little bit easier now. Now I'm like, okay, now they know that it's just not me, you know, wanting to evict them this, I have to follow these protocols, you know? And so, um, again, I didn't plan to stay in housing. I honestly thought it was going to be the job that got me through college. But again, all these doors started opening and I was just like, I need to take advantage of this. Something is happening here. I don't know what. And I remember praying to God all the time. and was like, tell me what my purpose is. Tell me what I'm supposed to do. Like, I love housing. I love, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't want to see people homeless. I don't want people to go through housing insecurity, but let me know what my purpose is. And so I honestly feel that God put me in those positions at, in those spaces, you know, to get to where I'm at today.
0: Yeah. Oh my God, girl, you hit so many points and I'm like, look, like, like she was able to, to find her purpose not because, you know, she was like, oh, I'm, you know, intentional, like like you said, things started to like fell in your lap and just mm-hmm. being able to help and just your role of, of educating uh, your the community and saying, look, these are your rights. Like that's, that's huge because not a lot of people get to do that. Just, you know, working in corporate America, like, you know, like, you know, like you sold your soul already. That's what they say, you know, like Mm -hmm. you really sold your soul. But no, it's, I think your mindset of saying, you know, like I have this position at the end of the day, I know who provides my check, but that doesn't mean that my job is not, I'm not gonna provide the resources or, or the upbringings that that I can communicate and that I can connect with with these people that need my help. And just right. being in that position, being in that position to to help others and really aligning with 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 your mission and who you are, I think is is it's a great you know space to be in. And just being able to, I think sometimes in our communities, it's just the lack of resources, the lack of knowledge. But I right. know that people are capable of doing, you know, figuring out, you know what is, what is the next step? But it's just that, that, that first step. But I want to really want to talk about, you know, a company not making, not valuing your work and you trying to finish your MBA. Like, like it's hard, you know, when you're already, um, working and just thinking about, you know, thinking about how this company doesn't value you or doesn't value you, you know, going, go, go get your MBA. Like that moment that hits you, like, it's time for me to move on. Mm-hmm. Do you have any like tips or like how to be in? I guess in the right mindset because sometimes we're just so thrown into our jobs, into our, into the, into the, into the company, and then coming to that realization that that company doesn't value you. Mm-hmm. How to how to move on? I think that's something that many people don't talk about. But for you, Christina, that you did get to experience. Do you have any tips for us?
1: You know those experiences pretty much showed me how I don't want to be as a manager, how I don't want to run my company, how I'm, how I am going to support my team. Right. And so even those, those experiences were shitty. Yes, absolutely. You know, and at the time I, I was crying and I was frustrated. I look back at it and I was like, wow, you know, I really stood up for myself. I'm the type of person where if I don't like something, if I don't like the space that I'm in, I'm always going to say something about it. And if my employer can't take that, you know, as, valuable feedback to retain their employees. And I'm not at the right company. And so when I went to the new company that I'm at now, I've been there for now almost six years, you know, they were like, whatever you need, you need to take time off work. You need to leave early. You need to do this. You need to do that for your school. Let us know. As long as you let us know, we support you. And so they saw the value. They're like, Hey, here is this marketing manager going to school for marketing that can benefit us, our bottom line to manage apartments in the Bay area. And so A company is going to see the value of that, you know, and so I was very grateful that I was able to use my case studies, my experience as a graduate student back into my job, and then also use the experience at my job back into my graduate studies, you know, and so um, I don't know that's just uh, some advice that I would give definitely reevaluate your current situation and, and, and and even if you're not at liberty to leave, because I understand healthcare, you know, especially if you're undocumented, it is harder to find another job, right? I understand what my privileges were. And my privileges were that I had housing and that I'm I'm educated in housing and I was born here. Like, I understand what those privileges are. And so I use those to the full potential of the law. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was just like, what do you think I am? Like, I can leave if I want to, you know, like just like they can fire you, I can leave as well. And so- Um, I definitely would recommend to just reevaluate your current situation. And if you have to stay at that job through grad school, use it to your advantage. You know, again, mindset, this is the job that's going to get me through college. This job does not define who I am. This position does not define me of what I'm going to do with my degree afterwards, you know, and then you can look back and be like, wow, I can't believe that I graduated with my master's or with my undergrad. Working for that company and look how far I've come, you know? And so I, I definitely had to do a lot of those. Uh, I, I had to check myself a lot and be like, do I really want to leave? Do I really want to stay? Like, but at the end of the day, my mental health was number one priority. My children's health is number one priority. And if my company are, is not able to value that, then I am not at the right company. And I was willing to take that risk and look for a job who values me and what I'm able to bring to the table.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's hard when you're like in the moment, like, oh, like when you come to the realization, like this company is not where I want to be. This is not where, where, you know, it's just not working for me. And just it takes a lot of energy work. And I, and I think, um, but I guess hearing from other people's perspective about reevaluation, sometimes, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to stick through it just for now. But that doesn't mean that you're going to be there for the rest of your life. And that's right. something that, you know, that I know that right now we're like in the season of like all these students are graduating, you know, class of 2020 had a crazy year. They were not even able to walk and just so many different things. But I think um a way that you can the a way that I can see is like your first job, you know, maybe out of college, maybe even after your master's degree, it's not like your forever job. You know, mm-hmm. we have all these expect- expectations that a job should make you feel a certain way that your job should be this, that it should be. And sometimes that's just not the reality. Sometimes you just have to be able to get your feet wet and start to figure out yourself what you like, what you enjoy, what are you even good at? Because sometimes, you know, going through college, it's, it's times where it's like, you just have to take classes after class after classes to get that degree to get that paper. And, and sometimes we, we lose ourselves by by not knowing who we truly are, and not knowing what we actually enjoy. So that entry job is just is just the start, you know, um, yes. for you, did you ever, you know, when you were navigating these spaces? Was there a time where you were like, "Uh, I'm lost, but I'm still going to continue?
1: You know, um, I want to say that during my master's, you know, I, I did, I did leave for a semester or two because my daughter was getting ear infections and I felt like, man, again, maybe master's is not for me. You know, like I should have never listened to the, you know, to the resident that said that for me to get business. Cause I felt like I wasn't connecting with the material. Right. And it wasn't until I talked to my professor who was a marketing professor. I said, look, I, I want to do marketing. I want to do like makeup. I love makeup and this and that. Like I was just being relatable to that. And she goes, well, you do marketing now you market apartments. Why don't you apply what you're learning into what you're doing now? And you're going to get the material. It's going to be more relatable. And I was like, Oh, okay. You know? And so there were different moments in my time where I said, maybe a master's degree is not for me. Maybe this degree is not for me. You know, like I was always questioning it and it wasn't until my sister got accepted to the same school to get her master's degree. And she was living in San Jose at the time. So I wasn't really seeing her. She just said, Hey, Chris, why don't you just come back to school? I'm going to school there now. You know, like I'll support you. We'll support each other. We'll, you know. And so when I saw my little sister really be like, look, yes, this school, nobody looks like us. Right. But I'm, that's not going to stop me from getting my degree is when I said, you know what, you're right. And you know, my husband always tells me anytime there's something like hard and I want to quit, he'll say, listen, I'll support you, whatever you want to do. But to Christina that I know, dot, dot, (laughs) dot, like, okay, I know what he's trying to say. So I went back to school, you know, and I just, I was committed to graduate. I ended up graduating with my sister together on the same day. So we both got our masters on the same day from the same school, but I had to do a lot to get there, you know? And I messed up, you know, I wasn't getting the grades I needed to, to the grades that I needed, or again, not feeling a, a sense of belonging, you know, but again, it's just reevaluing your current situation. Okay. If I just suck it up for another year, I can get that degree, you know, and I can move on or I can do whatever I want to do really. Right. And so again, we're just kind of really reevaluing that situation and feeling stuck because you taste it and you feel it that you're so close, but yet you're so far, you know? And so at the end of the day, I had to think about what's my end goal. My end goal is I want to get my master's degree, right? I'm going to be the first generation in my family to get it. Me and my sister are going to get it together. Let's do it, you know? And so I had to, again, reevaluate myself, my mindset, my goals, because I'm the type of person where I wing it, girl. Like I can have a plan. I'm a mom. Listen, if it's not up to par, I've learned to pivot. And my sister's like, no, this is my plan. This is how many hours I need to do this. And I'm more like, yeah, I'm supposed to do that, but it didn't happen, you know? But again, taking advantage of those open doors, taking advantage of what's coming at you. I've always felt that that has happened to me naturally without me having to really look for them. And so after I got my master's, now my job was like, hey, we recognize you, we see you, We're going to give you a promotion. We're going to give you a new title. We're going to give you this. You know, I didn't ask for that. I literally was like, Oh, I'm gonna get my master's. I'm going to look for another job. And they're like, no, 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 please don't look for another job. What do you need? You want a raise? You want a new title? You want, you know, phone expense? You want um, car expense? Like we got you, you know? So I was just kind of like, okay, cool. Then why do I need to move if I'm pretty much, you know, um, having the benefits of that. And so again, I saw it come authentically and naturally um, but there was a again, a lot of moments going back to your question where I felt stuck just because I saw other people, you know, graduating faster than me, or I saw them in a position that I wish that I was in or the benefits that they had, but you really have to work hard and you really have to trust, trust, trust your pathway or trust, you know, that at the end of the day, this is all going to be worth it. And, and if it doesn't happen along the process, then it will happen at the end of the process. And that could be either by you, you know, going out there and, and, and looking for those um, opportunities or those opportunities are going to start knocking, you know, but I, I honestly believe that everything happens for a reason
0: yeah absolutely and i think you hit so many great themes you know like having that accountability you know having your sister saying hey sister we're gonna go back together we're gonna have each other's back. we're gonna try to navigate this together i think just having that accountability but at the same time having that support because your sister was your support you know your husband Mm -hmm. was your support saying i got you christina like you focus in school and i know that sometimes you know life happens life happens in between but just knowing that that somebody got your back that somebody's that they're like rooting for you i think that um that means a lot, and I think it changes your perspective of like I'm not doing this alone. I'm not gonna. This degree is not just gonna help me. It's gonna help uplift my family. It's gonna be able to uplift my community because people are gonna see themselves in me. Like if Christina did it, so can I. You know, mm-hmm. having having that strength. But when you're in there, like trying to figure it out, trying to try to swim and stuff, it's like ah, how am I how am I gonna make it? But mm-hmm. it is about you know trusting the journey, trusting the process. When 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 you're like what route am I even taking you know like like I'm multi-passionate about all these different things and it's like Mm -hmm. I don't even know where it's gonna take me but I guess just being able to to trust the process and being able to 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 believe in yourselves and oftentimes we we compare ourselves so much with other people like I like like for example LinkedIn is such a great platform you know like for opportunities but oftentimes we look at colleagues and we're like oh my God, like they're already getting their master's degree or they're already getting X, Y, and Z or they already got promoted. And then that that comparison mm-hmm. um, becomes so unhealthy in your life. So just being able to fig- figure out um, who you are and what you like and not comparing yourself oftentimes can, can be better. But I, but I know that you are into new projects. So tell us a little bit about, you know, you got your MBA, you went back to work. Where are you now? You know, what are you pursuing? I know that you have different, different passions and just different platforms that really help uplift, you know, Latinas just like myself. So tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. So after I graduated with my MBA, you know, or during actually, you know, I started my own marketing agency and I started a podcast. Uh, my marketing agency is called Bail of Marketing and my marketing podcast is called Your Marketing Homegirl. And you know, again, using the resources and using the tools that I had during my graduate degree, I was like, I can do that. I can, I can have my own marketing business because a lot of my friends were reaching out and was like, Hey, I want to start my own hoop earrings. I want to start my own t-shirt line. I want to do this. I want to do that. And so they knew that I had a marketing degree. They're like, hook me up. Right. So I started to do that. And then I always felt like, but I want something more. Like I always felt like I needed to do something more. And and I knew that again, I wanted to have a doctor degree. I didn't know how I was gonna get there. I didn't know how I was gonna apply it and I knew nothing about it. But I said that is something that that would be kind of cool, you know, if somebody calls me Doctora Cristina Rodriguez. Like that's dope, you know? And so, um I applied to grad school and, you know, I, again, even though I got accepted to Mills college at the time, I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, again, I was scared, you know, that moment of like, am I doing the right thing? You know, I just remember having a newborn baby and having my daughter and getting my master's degree. And I'm like, man, but I don't want to be away from my kids. I had that mom guilt. And then George Floyd happened. And then I said, I absolutely need to do something. I'm the type of person where I can't sit here and just watch shit happen. Like I know what I I know what I can bring to the table. And so again, I'm already a housing chair right in the city that I live in. I w- I'm in housing, so I said, "Okay, well maybe this is my opportunity to merge bridge housing into higher education." And so um I accepted the, you know, the admission to Mills College in Oakland and but then I said, "I want to I want to do something. I want I want to create a platform where you know, I can help Latinas get into graduate school or someone like myself who has their master's degree and wants to get their doctorate degree, like all these pillars of transitioning into higher education. And so I was talking to my husband about it. And then I was like, oh, I want to create something like something Latinas, like with a master's degree. And my husband's like, how about Latinas with masters? And I'm like, well, I love it. Like, damn, you know, like he's so creative. And so I created the platform and over like overnight, but not overnight, if that makes sense. A lot of people were like, man, I needed to see this, or this was a sign for me to get into graduate school, or this is a sign that I want, I should get my doctorate degree. And so I, I started the platform uh, to build a uh, support and a community, right. What I didn't get in a, as a whole, right. I had, again, different mentors, but I wanted to create something bigger. And so um, I created the platform. It is an online resource guide. And I have a lot of people reach out to me to say, hey, I want to get into a master's degree. What does that look like? Or I'm applying. Can you review my personal statement? Or, hey, girl, I got my master's, but I want to get my doctor's degree. How does that look like? And so, again, navigating all these transitions as first generation to now say, I'm going to reach out to this girl because I saw her platform and I think she'll be able to help me with what I need, Right. And I'm not saying I know all the answers, but I'm saying that I will find somebody who has an answer for you, you know? And so I'm a firm believer that just because it was hard for me, it doesn't have to be hard for you. It doesn't have to be hard for my kids. It doesn't have to be hard for our younger generation. And so I I created the, the podcast, Latinas with Masters podcast, because I can share my story all day, but it's not about me. It's about you. It's about other Latinas who are navigating these spaces as well and saying, look, I dropped out of high school. I have my GED. I'm I'm an immigrant or I'm a mother or I'm this or I'm that or I'm single. It doesn't matter. There's different profiles of Latinas getting a master's degree. And I wanted to share that story. So I have the Latinos with Masters podcast. I have my website, latinoswithmasters.com. And I'm, like you mentioned, I'm all, all over the place, right? I'm on social media. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter. And again, it's just, I honestly, the way that I see this is, it's more than just a degree. It's a community beyond academia, right? It's a movement, and I have a lot of my friends that don't have a uh, master's, right? They just have a bachelor's, and and or or some people reach out, and like, hey, I, I want to reach out to you, but I don't have a master's degree. You don't have to have a master's degree to reach out, right? But. Now, you know, that if you want to get your master's degree, you have a place to go to. Right. And so I was talking to one of my friends and she was just like, oh, I see you. I hear you, you know, and I love everything that you're doing for the community. And I just want to let you know how proud I am am of you. And that's that's that means a lot to me. You know, like I definitely get a lot of those in my DMs and on the on the comments. Like, I love seeing that. But to hear it from a friend or a family to be like, hey, girl, like I may not say it all the time, but. I see you, girl, and you're do and you're doing it, and I love what you're doing, you know. And I feel part of your community, even though I don't have a degree. That to me was the biggest thing out of everything. This is it's all about belonging, right? It's all about inclusion. And if I can share those stories on my platform,
0: then I'm all for it. Yeah, absolutely. I think you know you're always hustling and everything, but then when you see those comments and you're like, "Damn!" Like, like it makes mm-hmm. you feel like. Like, I'm not just doing this to whoever it sticks. But when people reach out back to you and say, like, it makes the biggest difference or mm-hmm. seem like you said, you are creating a movement Christina, because people are like, oh, have you like, you know, when you're talking about master's degree in whatever place you're like, hey, have you followed this this page? Like this person, like Christina has so many great resources on how to even get started or how to see yourself. Um, you know, like you said, there's not just like a one fits all. There's people with different masters. Like you got your MBA, somebody else might want to get their MPA. but it's making sure that we have that, that community. And, and, and it's, and it is a movement because it's like the new generation of Latinas, the new generation of, of our parents who did not have that opportunity, that opportunity to, to go to school, because if I knew if they were in a better position i knew we all know that they would have taken it they would have gotten that bachelor's degree if they they didn't have the barriers that they did but they came to this whole new different country so they're even first gens in their in their own world you know navigating a new country so i really appreciate you know taking time and creating this 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 platform um and and really you know as somebody that wants to pursue their their mba just like just your journey because sometimes we think like you know oh you know somebody in their bachelor's degree got their their finance or their you know a business major but just being able to hear different stories that it doesn't have to be a certain way like you don't have to get your major in a certain thing in your bachelor's like no you can do your mba and you can go get your phd right after that and just being able to connect so i really you know appreciate you know the last everything that you do for 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 the community but also for for latinas like myself. And I guess Thank my you. last question for you is how do you take care of yourself, um Cristina, because oftentimes, you know, there's you mentioned the guilt, the, the mob guilt just doing so much. How do you, you know, you know recharge? How do you take care of yourself because I think that's so important when we're just always doing so much. <laughs>
1: I don't. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. I mean, it's hard to be honest with you. Like as a mom, I feel so guilty sometimes just to be on the treadmill or just to take a walk outside because I know that my energy, my kids need my energy. My kids need me some way, one point or another. Right. And so that's something that I'm still learning. To be honest with you, I'm learning to take time out for self-care for myself and, I think we have this perception of self-care is like let me go to the spa, let me go to the nail salon. Yeah, those are great and those are can be self-care items or 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 you know, um, experiences for some women, but for me, I don't really get my nails done. Like I got it done the other day and I felt guilty like why am I doing this? Like I just spent 2 hours at the salon when I could have been doing laundry or I could have been helping my kid with their homework or whatever it is, right? But then I started to realize what does self-care look for me, you know? And that's me just kind of disconnecting from social media, disconnecting from my business, disconnecting of, you know, everything that I'm doing in the daytime, right? My nine to five and more about like, what do I like to do? I love watching TV. I love binge watching, right? Um, I literally just started watching Selena the Sears with my daughter. I didn't realize, wow, my daughter doesn't even know who Selena is. And now she does and she loves her. And so just making sure that I'm connecting with my kids, spending that time with them, that to me is self-care. But as far as self-care for me, definitely I want to like squeeze in workouts, eat healthier, you know? Um that's something that again I'm still learning in the process. So if you guys have tips for me, listen, if you're the expert of that, all at me, girl because I'm <laughs> telling you, I am not the expert at that. Um but again, just learning what that looks like for me. I'm still I'm still I'm still learning to see how that looks like, right? Where I don't feel guilty. Um and so, yeah, I mean, like I said, I think this pandemic definitely reshifted all of our priorities and shifted the way that we see and value things. And I'm constantly, um, I'm constantly like reexamining all that, you know, but I do know that I need to practice self care so I can be there for my kids. So I can be there for you guys, you know? And so whatever bits and pieces that I can get, I, I definitely take full advantage of those.
0: Yeah, and and I think it is about learning because we oftentimes, you know, think like, oh, we have everything figured out, but no, it's like, you know, sharing my experience of how you, I take care of myself might be beneficial to you, and and sometimes we even do things that we realize that is not self care, you know. Like for me, I need to sleep my eight to nine hours every single day, but that's the way I like to recharge. That's when I feel that I'm better at different things. And that's a, a form of self-care. So I think um, about learning and growing is, is is part of the journey. So I really appreciate, you know, taking the time to, to chat with me, to share your story. And I know that this uh, this episode is going to be very beneficial to, to all my listeners.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Mar- Marisol. I really appreciate it. Thank you.
0: All right. See you until next time.